Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for January the 25th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our one of two, my fellow Americans, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America is our guide, and absolutely we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers, one of the peaceful, restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Yes, indeed, we were live uh, last Saturday. We had on two incredible guests, both hours. Uh, we had on Eldon Stahl with us. And Eldon Stahl is the new field coordinator for the John Burtz Society, JBS.org, doing a phenomenal job. And Eldon is going to be with us monthly on the broadcast going forward, usually on Thursdays. But, of course, I had last Thursday, uh, took a break, so we had him on on Saturday. But he was also paired up with a good sheriff, Richard Mack, CSPOA.org. That's the Constitutional Sheriff's and Peace Officers Association, CSPOA.org. And uh, we talked in detail about Joe Biden's unconstitutional executive orders, about 30 of them at 48 hours and just continuing to wreck Trump's uh, administration's agenda. Uh, and before you get too, uh, you know, bent out of shape, we criticized and still criticize Donald Trump's executive orders as well. Why? Because executive orders are pretty much unconstitutional, folks. I say pretty much because I get that if you, you know, need to switch toilet paper in the White House, you might create an executive order to do so, and that could be within your own branch and legitimate and narrow in scope and everything. But the executive orders we see today wholesale are literally violating the checks and balances, the separation of powers. You know, a lot of the executive orders relate to legislative reality checks and or judicial reality checks, and we reject those, and it doesn't matter what president it comes from. We're against them. All right. White House lists hundreds of Trump accomplishments, economic boom, tax relief, deregulation, fair trade, energy independence, and more. Art Moore writes the piece for WND.com, and they had a list of Donald Trump accomplishments up on the White House website taken down by Biden. But don't worry, at that website I gave you, WND.com, Art Moore and crew, um, they archived it in a PDF, so you can still get it, even though the White House, Joe Biden and crew, has now taken it down. Uh, is Trump derangement syndrome a real mental condition? Well, I don't know. You got the never Trumpers, the always Trumpers, and then you got the rest of us. I don't really want to criticize President Donald Trump, but I also want to be honest about when he does something wrong. I want to highlight the details of why it's wrong. When he does something right, I want to give him credit. And I want to do that based on principle, not based on person. We also, I want to do that for Joe Biden, too, by the way. The importance of Congress and how to get a constitutional Congress. We talked about that in great detail as well with Eldon and the good sheriff. 
Hour two, they were both on together again. Second hour, two hours long. Three of us in the round table. Election integrity. What can we do and what does the John Burton Society recommend we do? And it relates to the local level. That's what we do and what we need to be focused on. I'll tell you that right now. Should we, quote, will we ever give Biden credit for anything? Uh, The answer is we can't think of something that he deserves credit for. Uh, But when he does do something right, we should give him credit. Right? Shouldn't we? We even gave Bill Clinton credit back in the day for several things. And I suspect Joe Biden will be the same. Look, Joe Biden said we ought to be united. Um, I don't think that Joe's really after being united. He wants it his way or you're a terrorist. That's a problem. But I get the united idea. As Dr. Scott Bradley said on this very broadcast last week, I think Friday, you know, if we want to be united, why don't we be united on our oaths of office and our fidelity to the supreme law of the land? Amen to that, Dr. Bradley. Couldn't agree more. We also talked about will Joe Biden issue a pardon to Donald Trump? Biden says that he would not pardon Trump, NBC News. Our guests, Mr. Dr. Scott Bradley and others say, no, you know what? He won't give a pardon. Eldon didn't think a pardon would happen. Neither did the good sheriff. But I think one might. I think there might be a way that Joe would pardon and or Democrats would pardon Donald Trump. Remember, Donald Trump didn't lock any of them up. He didn't even push to lock any of them up. So there was a lot of blame and a lot of criminal calling or calling out people for criminal activity and everything else. But nobody, as far as I can tell, nobody really um, got hardcore enough to arrest people. So you know what? Donald might get a pardon, folks. Senate leaders already have agreed to delay the trial of Trump. The plan would put off the historic proceeding. They're saying until February 9th. Is Trump, by the way, guilty of a single charge of incitement of insurrection for his alleged role at the U.S. Capitol? A majority of Americans, believe it or not, see their fellow citizens as the biggest threat to America's way of life. Did you know that? That's shocking to me. A majority of American citizens see their fellow citizens as the biggest threat uh, to, the, to our way of life. And uh, I asked the good sheriff and Eldon what they thought. And they felt like the biggest threat was government. And I have a hard time disagreeing with that. Wow. By the way, we talked about the good sheriff makes the Christian science monitor. Yeah, they had an article about Sheriff Richard Mack in there. And it was somewhat favorable. I was impressed. We also talked about Joe Biden admits there's nothing we can do to change the trajectory of the pandemic. So Joe says there's nothing we can do to change the direction of the pandemic. Shame on Joe. Shame on Joe Biden for that. Um, and you say, well, we need to be united. Sam, lay off. No, when he says there's nothing we can do about the pandemic or to change the trajectory, that's a defeatist attitude big time, which I will not accept. There's a lot you can do about the pandemic, about the coronavirus. The first thing you can do, Joe, is tell the truth about the coronavirus. Because you know what? Most of what we've learned and most of what we think we know about the coronavirus, at least on a national mainstream scale, is an absolute globalist lie. And that's why. So the first thing you could do, Donald, is start telling the truth. All right. Welcome to the broadcast, Mr. Lowell Nelson. Good morning, Sam. Good to, have, good, uh, good to be with you. 
Yeah, so Joe says there's nothing he can do to change the trajectory of the uh, pandemic. And I think he could. He could start by telling the truth, sir. Um, I think you're right, Sam. He could start by telling us the truth about what's really behind the you know, big medicine, big pharma's uh, encroachment upon our liberties, because that's essentially what it is. And cahoots with big government, they're the ones that uh, you know authored the policy response to this uh, coronavirus uh, so-called pandemic, even though there's been really no excess deaths in the past year. Um, a lot of the flu, a lot of the pneumonia, a lot of that's just been renamed COVID because they get more money for COVID than they do for flu. Um, that there's really no big deal, but policy response to it has been devastating. To and what they would say is they would say that we are um, cocoa deniers. Yeah. And that would be their way to label us, manipulate the truth. We're not denying that there's a virus out there. Uh, but what we're saying to everyone is the way they're going about the solutions is all designed to destroy liberty and to ring the cash register. Uh, they uh-huh. could release ivermectin and talk about it as a fantastic solution. Uh, they could talk about our immune systems and a lot of things. They could not lock people down. They could let us uh, uh, obtain herd immunity. There's so many things they could do, but everything they're doing is the wrong approach. And evidence is starting to back this up more and more and more. Anyway, we'll get into that as the broadcast unfolds. But I wanted to start on that because uh, last Saturday we talked about Joe Biden saying there's nothing that can be done. I mean, just what a defeatist attitude to say the least. All right. Well, I want to talk about the unwelcome return of the real purveyors of violence, Ron Paul, with an incredible column, Lowell. Yeah, he's contrasting the relatively mild chaos at the Capitol on January 6th, called, you know, called by the lamestream media a violent coup attempt. <laughs> yeah, he's contrasting that with real coups overseas where thousands of people actually die. Uh, he writes this, he says, quote, the incoming Biden administration looks to be chock full of actual purveyors of violent coups, don't look to the lamestream media to report on this, however. Some of the same politicians and bureaucrats denouncing the ridiculous farce of the Capitol as if it were the equivalent of 9-11 have been involved for decades in planning and executing real coups overseas. Take returning Assistant Secretary of State Victoria Newland, for example, he writes, more than anyone else, she is the face of the U.S.-led violent coup against the democratically elected government in Ukraine in 2014. Newland not only passed out snacks in the coup uh, to the coup leaders, she was caught on a phone call actually plotting the coup, right down to who would take power once the smoke cleared. End of quote. So really, unlike the, it's so unlike the coup at the U.S. Capitol. He, even calling that thing the chaos at the U.S. Capitol a coup is a super stretch. I mean, the action in Ukraine resulted in the deaths of thousands of civilians. And, and by the way, what happened to the Capitol was a few well-planted folks on the left and the right who uh-huh. went ballistic on purpose to create a crisis. Those people will never be found. But the people that ran in the coattails and did stupid things will all be arrested and rounded up, and it'll all be blamed on the Donald. It's a false flag. We're talking about real coups here, ladies and gentlemen, where transfer of power occurs. The unwelcome return of the real purveyors of violence. Ron Paul, great column, will talk more about it with Lowell Nelson, campaignforliberty.org in seconds. Have we realized the assault against our lives, our liberties, our faith? To defeat this assault, 
Christians and all people of goodwill should have strategies to prevail in our faith and principles, which are simple. No need for a complex formula. One goal, one aim. A strategy like the heroic Christians of the past. We win, they lose. Nothing less. Big Q, Little Q, The Calm Before the Storm, by a friend of Megagoria. The strategy of heaven revealed. Big Q, Little Q, The Calm Before the Storm, available on Amazon.com or by calling Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man but by God. The foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking to Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, RonPaulInstitute.org, about an incredible column from Ron Paul, the unwelcome return of the real purveyors of violence. And uh, really, it talks about our overseas intervention and the violence and the death by the thousands. Sadly, does it cause, Lowell? He writes, Sam, he writes, it's, kind of, it's hard to be optimistic about a Biden administration that uh, has so many hyper-interventionist uh, Obama retreads, he calls them. So let's take a look, a look at just one more. Samantha Power. Uh, Samantha Power, who Biden asked to head the U.S. Agency for International Development, commonly known as USAID, USAID, which is really a regime change agency. I mean, this is an agency that goes overseas. They call themselves the, the international development, but what they really do is regime change. And, and you know, we haven't done a show on this, Sam, but there are well over 293 regime change operations since that first one against um, um, Assad. No, not Assad. Anyway, in 1953, the Ron Paul talks about oh, quite Yeah, the, and, and that's where it started. CIA heavily involved in it. USAID heavily involved uh-huh. in it. And, and really, you know, one of the criticisms that I have of President Donald Trump, he did a lot of good in many, many, many ways. He was mm-hmm. the best president in my lifetime. I'll give him that. However, um, what he really failed at, in my opinion, is rejecting the, the foreign aid and the foreign intervention that happens around the world. He didn't do much to stop that. He didn't mm-hmm. really press as hard as other presidents to advocate for it, but he didn't shut it down while he had the chance, Lowell. Exactly right. Yeah, it was the Shah of Iran that uh, it was the overthrow, of the, or in the, in the, installation, the overthrow of the existing guy in the installation of the Shah. Iran in 1953 that was the first of these, you know, almost 300 regime change operations. And 
USAID has a big hand in a lot of those. Anyway, Samantha Power is going to be the head of the agency, the head of the USAID. Now, Power, who served on President Obama's National Security Council staff, uh, argued passionately and successfully that U.S. attack on the Gaddafi government in Libya would result in a liberation of their people and the outbreak of democracy in the country. But in reality, her justification was all based on lies, and the U.S. assault has left nothing but murder and mayhem there in Libya. Gaddafi's relatively peaceful, if authoritarian, government has been replaced by radical terrorists and even slave markets. End of quote. Straight from the Ron Paul column. So, Sam, we hold really, you know, little hope for a non-interventionist foreign policy from the Biden administration. Now, that non-interventionist foreign policy is one of the bedrock missions of the Campaign for Liberty. So how long will it be before we go to war in Syria or back to war against Iraq or Afghanistan? But as Ron Paul concludes, quote, we have a unique opportunity. Well, if we're we're united as a people around the world (laughs) and kind and gentle and everything Uh else, then we, we won't be going to war, Lowell. That's right, man. We can denounce these warmongers. We can push for peaceful, non-interventionist foreign policy. So that's up to us, folks. And that's what we ought to be doing as well. Yep, yep, absolutely. All right, Gary, go ahead, sir. (laughs) Not only only praying for peace and doing things uh, to, to promote peace and kindness around the world, but, you know, insisting with our Congress critters that Congress have a non-interventionist foreign policy. If there's enough of us, we can win the fight, though. Mm-hmm. Let's be very clear about that. We just need people to understand it and people to stand up for it and demand that out of their representatives or we elect somebody else who will carry the ball for peace. And that's something we really need to work on and educate the American people about. Gary Barnett speaks out boldly, spot on column once again. Prepare for extreme tyranny, the likes of which have never before been seen in this country. Scary stuff, Lowell. I'll say enlightening but scary. He writes, quote, What we face today and what is coming in the near future is pure, unadulterated, totalitarian madness. And so long as the people of this country remain indifferent to this tyranny, it will worsen and escalate every single day until nothing of value remains. End of quote. That's pretty sobering. I mean, he believes the end of America is just around the corner. Maybe it is. Um, I, uh, I hope I hope not. But he writes uh, just some real sobering stuff here. I just got to read this. He says, the controlling scum in power seeks the end of this economy, the end of all freedom, the end of joy, the end of travel, the end of independent thought, the end of any realistic intellect, and the end of sanity. This is where we are headed. And only the masses that are in the most respect, that are in most respects to blame for this takeover, can stop it. Just what you said, Sam, only the masses, you and me, we're the only ones that can stop it. I mean, they're not going to stop themselves, that's for sure. And continuing, he says, that does not bode well for those of us willing to fight for our freedom, as we are now in the, in the minority. The risk to the actual freedom fighters is absolute. But without those willing to risk all for their freedom, then little hope of a return to liberty is possible. All of us that will actively defend, disobey state orders, call out the criminal government, are now targets of this heinous governing system. Every tactic necessary to eliminate resistance will be used against us. This is already beginning as Biden declares war on domestic terrorism. 
ex-CIA director John Brennan said, Biden's intel community are moving in laser-like fashion to try to uncover as much as they can about the pro-Trump insurgency that harbors religious extremists, authoritarians, fascists, bigots, racists, nativists, even libertarians, end of quote. That's what Brennan said. And then um, Barnett continues with, all of these are, according to Brennan, insurgents, and he and the so-called intelligence community seem to be salivating at the prospect of war against the American people. This is a dire threat to anyone that disagrees with or stands against the state. End of quote. That's that's uh, like 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 Barnett's opening salvo in his column, Sam. But Brennan is not the only one saying this trike, by the way. For example, Representative um, AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, asked this. He said, quote, is anyone archiving these Trump sycophants for when they try to downplay or deny their complicity in the future? <laughs> End of quote. You got Robert Reich, Labor Secretary under Clinton and advisor to Obama. He tweeted this. When this nightmare is over, we need a Truth and Reconciliation Commission to name every official, politician, executive, and media mogul whose greed and cowardice enabled this catastrophe. And then you got Dick Costello, uh, the former CEO of Twitter, saying this. Me First capitalists are going to be the first people lined up against the wall and shot in the revolution. I'll happily provide video commentary. End of tweet. That's Dick Costello, former CEO of Twitter, saying that, Sam. And this is what the lamestream media is broadcasting every day, over and over. This, 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 uh, this roundup of the Trumpers, because they are now domestic terrorists. So, returning to Barnett's column, we read this. Criminalizing opposition to the political class is so insanely dangerous to the people that it can only be described as a policy contrived by psychopathic and evil dictatorial monsters as a way to gain total control over society through force. This is not an exaggeration, as what is called domestic terrorism is being openly discussed, and new legislation is not only being considered, but is already being implemented in some states. Now, the hypocrisy Biden. to all this mm-hmm. is that Joe Biden calls for unity while launching war on domestic terrorism. And at first glance, you go, well, that's a good idea. I'm against terrorism. I'm for unity. That's great. But then when uh-huh. you got to understand, what does Joe mean when he says, hey, domestic terrorism? He doesn't mean what you and I mean, ladies and gentlemen, uh-huh. because every one of us would like to jettison terrorism of all kinds, foreign, domestic. I mean, you know, hey, who wants terrorism? The problem is that if you believe that the election was a fraud or if you believe uh, that 9-11 happened or if you believe that Barack Obama's birth certificate's a problem or and it doesn't matter what you believe about these things, you are a birther. You are a truther. You are a domestic terrorist. And that's kind of the problem with this whole scenario is because they don't mean what we mean when we discuss these things, ladies and gentlemen. And that's the part you better get, and you better get it quick. And Gary really points uh, kind of these things out. Um, that, you know what? What does launching war on domestic terrorism mean when we're united? Who are you going to launch war on if you're united, right? Um, what I mean is, when you dig into this, you go, you know what? This is beyond 1984-ish. Lol. 
Yes, it is, Sam. And I highly suggest uh, everybody read the full column at theleerockwell.com. Gary D. Barnett is the name of the author. And uh, every column he writes, I mean, is, is excellent. And this one in particular is just uh, stunning and, and sobering. It's enlightening and both sobering. And uh, well, now, here's what's interesting to me Joe Biden's going to keep Reyes. Or Ray is an FBI director still. That's an interesting twist, too. Mm -hmm. I guess it just proves Donald didn't drain the swamp as much as he should have, could have, would (laughs) have. For sure. (laughs) All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Caitlin Johnstone wants to chime in here, too, with an incredible column. We'll talk about that coming up in seconds with Lowell Nelson on Liberty Roundtable Live. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Five people, including a pregnant woman, have been found shot dead inside a home in Indianapolis, Indiana, in an apparent targeted attack, the city's police chief said, describing the killings as a mass murder and different kind of evil. Police chief Randall Taylor said police believe the deadly shootings were not random and were a targeted attack. No suspects are in custody at this time. President Biden is expected to reinstate a ban on most non-U.S. citizens entering the country, including people from Brazil, the United Kingdom, and now South Africa, because of a concerning variant of the virus. Arrivals from Ireland and 26 countries in Europe that allow travel across open borders will also be banned under new CDC guidelines. Sarah Sanders, Donald Trump's former chief spokeswoman, is running for Arkansas governor. A senior campaign official told the Associated Press, the daughter of former Governor Mike Huckabee, Sanders had been widely expected to run for office after leaving the White House in 2019. USA Radio News. Balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. I had begun to notice after 10 days with Balance of Nature, I felt better, more energetic. And believe me, for me, that's something because I have energy anyway. But as old as I am, that was really something to start really noticing. You know, we're all responsible for choosing what our attitudes are, but... I had a better mental outlook. I mean, I always try to be positive, but there were subtle things in me that I began to notice. I just felt a difference with this. Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code USA. A law preventing transgender people from entering military service is expected to be lifted. USA Radio News' Jeremy Scott reports. Trump announced the ban via Twitter six months after taking office. It took effect in 2019. Sources tell CBS that the Pentagon will revert to policy enacted during the Obama administration in 2016 that allows transgender Americans to serve openly. President Biden plans to live up to his campaign promises to repeal the ban. Reports are that he plans to do so through an executive order as soon as Monday. It's expected to take place at a ceremony for newly confirmed Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin. Austin also said he planned to repeal the ban at his Senate confirmation hearing last week. The Williams Institute at the UCLA School of Law found in a 2014 study that there were an estimated 15,000 transgender military members serving. From the USA Radio News Oregon Bureau, I'm Jeremy Scott. A UCLA Williams Institute study in 2016 estimated 1.6 million transgender people in America. USA Radio News. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman, Lowell Nelson, breaking it down just for you. Lowell Nelson is, well, he's with Campaign for Liberty, doing a phenomenal job. Hey, Lowell, are you still the Utah coordinator? Or that that was yeah, supposed to be me. temporary, right? Yeah, that was temporary assignment, uh, but I'm still doing it and uh, happy happy to be helping with the cause of liberty here in Utah. Well, we are grateful for the permanent nature of tempera, uh, temper. Um, temporary in temporary this case. Temporary in this case, yeah. <laughs> wow. All right. Uh, Caitlin Johnstone chimes into this. In my opinion, wow, is her article crazy. Um, it's called, quote, or number sign, or hashtag Trump's new army. And it's, what, a viral video? Well? Yeah, sure is, Sam. Trump's new army. Hashtag Trump's new army. The video the liberals put together and it is one of the craziest and yet one of the scariest videos you'll ever watch. I watched it last night for the first time. I guess it's been out since last Wednesday or so. Uh, well, well, even before last Wednesday, because as of last Wednesday, the video had some 20,000 shares and over 2.6 million views. Well, that is if big tech is to be believed. Uh, and most of the comments are supportive. Well, and if you don't know if, that's, if you can believe that either. See, they govern the feed of comments, you know, and so it might be the case that 100 people are opposed and one is is supportive, and yet they can design the feed so that that one gets displayed and the other 99 don't. So it's hard to know whether this truly is a real popular video, but it's out there, and I watched it last night. Basically, Sam, it says that on January 20th, and so you know it was made before the inauguration, it says Donald Trump will no longer be commander-in-chief. He will lose control of the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Special Forces, and Americans' nuclear arsenal. Uh, and Winslow, Don Winslow is the name of the fellow who produced this video, and, and it's his voice that begins uh, with this uh, narration. He says, on January 20th, Donald Trump will become commander-in-chief of a different Army, dot, 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 this Army. Well, then viewers are shown footage of Trump rallies while being told that they're looking at Radical, extreme conservatives, also known as, wait for it, domestic terrorists. They are hidden among us, disguised behind regular jobs, Winslow says. They are your children's teachers. They work at supermarkets, malls, doctor's offices, and many are police officers and soldiers. Winslow says we have to fight back. And then he exhorts viewers to become citizen warriors armed with computers and cell phones, to monitor extremists on the Internet, and to report their findings to the authorities. And uh, Johnstone writes this, he says, An aggressively manufactured push to get an army of citizens spying on each other calls to mind the Stasi informants of East Germany. And, and by the way, Sam, it reminds me of the propaganda spread by the Nazi Party about blacks and Jews in Germany before, you know, as, as Hitler there was, was taking over. It really is quite chilling. So Caitlin concludes her article by saying this. Uh, this is just liberals being pushed toward targeting anyone who isn't ideologically aligned with them for destruction. I really, really hope it doesn't take off because it is profoundly ugly. Please don't let the manipulators trick you into ripping each other to pieces, America. They're only pointing you at each other so that you 
don't look at them. End of quote. Sam, that is wise counsel. It certainly is. And I'll tell you what's uh, even more interesting. Biden already reverses Trump's diversity training ban. And uh-huh. what uh, they're really saying here is that, you know what? We have got to reprogram Trump supporters. All right? And I know I know it sounds crazy, but they literally believe that. Believe it or not, Christy Alley and Katie Couric had a big old brawl about this. Uh-huh. Uh, it was on real time with Bill Mayers, or Bill Maher. Anyway, and um, journalist Katie Corrick said Trump supporters should be deprogrammed. She says their followers are involved in cult-like activities. Well, anyway, Christy uh, nails her to the wall over this. Cool. And she really kind of doubles down and says, you know what? The Nazis were trying to program and or deprogram people and stuff like this. You know, if you didn't believe in the Nazis, they'd pull you in and say, we've got to reprogram you to, to believe in our cause or whatever. And um, it's a serious big battle. And when you get rid of the university training, or, I'm sorry, the universal, uh, I'm sorry, the, the uh, diversity training ban, you get a situation where, hey, they're going to reprogram you. The, so this is not a maybe or something that's, that they're just talking about. This is in serious, serious circles. Ocasio-Cortez trying to get money for it. Katie Cork promoting it. Bill Maher, real-time, uh, they've got it discussed. Joe Biden then changes the game. This is serious business, lol. And I'll tell you what they're going to use. They're going to use global warming. And they're going to use these vaccines as their cornerstones. The split on that, the divide, uh, they will paint you as an extremist that's got to be stopped. You're going to kill everybody with your views, lol. Yeah, yeah. Just by breathing on people, I'm going to kill them. And if I don't kill them with my breath, then the climate change is going to kill them because I uh, use fossil fuels to heat my home, Sam. When they say cult-like activities, what does that mean? You know, These people have gone way too far. The only hope is that they overreach and expose themselves. Time will tell on how much the American people just suck this stuff up. All right. A warning for the vaccine hesitant. This illustrates my very point. Gary G. Coles, medical doctor. Lowell? It sure does, Sam. Gary G. Coles, MD, authored this column, which is posted at lourockwell.com, and he's very direct. He, he says, basically, Big Pharma's nefarious money-making scheme is based on the widespread but false assertion that the new COVID-19 vaccines are effective. <laughs> in preventing COVID and infection and in, and, in be, in, uh, and becoming contagious, right? They, they say that COVID vaccines are effective in preventing infection and in preventing con- being contagious after inoculation, right? But neither is true, says Jerry Coles, MD. All of the new vaccines are likely useless on both counts. He writes this. He says, quote, in fact, none of the big vaccine corporations that are making these potentially dangerous synthetic genome-modifying vaccines have actually made the claim that their vaccines are effective in preventing infection or contagion, even after getting the required two inoculations, much less the initial shot. The only claim these billionaire-owned pharmaceutical corporations make is that a certain percentage of vaccinated individuals are capable of developing some 
uncertain level of serological immunity, which means antibody protection. But it is well known, he says, that in, now this is a bombshell that I had never read before, Sam. He says, it is well known that intramuscular injection of vaccines are incapable of stimulating cellular slash mucosal immunity, which is the other most important part of human immunity, not mentioned at all by Big Pharma, of course. Cellular immunity is only possible with sufficient exposure to a natural infectious agent via inhalation of a sizable number of viral or bacteria-infected droplets. Holy cow. And so what he's saying, Sam, is just like a bombshell. In other words, this that injection of this stuff, in what he calls intramuscular injection, is not even capable of stimulating cellular mucosal immunity. And that's what we need against uh, this, um, you know, this uh, COVID, this virus, right? And this, this airborne virus. We well, need that. it's and, debatable if it's even airborne. That's a whole other topic. Yeah. <laughs> he says it must also be emphasized that true herd immunity cannot be achieved by vaccination. Herd immunity to infectious respiratory diseases can only be achieved by natural exposure to infectious bacteria or viral agents. Very interesting. And I think they know that, and that's why they're kind of rolling this out slowly or whatever else and stuff, because they know that if people get it, get it, get it, get it, get it, then herd immunity will happen, and then they'll be able to say, well, see, the vaccines are the ones that accomplished that, and they've got to wait for it to kind of coincide. If they roll out the vaccines too fast, too early, and it doesn't do the job, then people are going to be going, what the heck? And people are going, what the heck, already, because uh, quite a number of people who have taken that vaccine have died. We talked about the 13 in Norway last week. We talked about the 55 in the United States who died, and that was before Hank Aaron died just uh, a few days last week, just 16 days after his first COVID vaccine shot. But you know they're saying that we aren't uh, you know, giving a reason why Hank died, right? No, of course not. Yeah, I can't publicize that. All right, Dr. Scott Atlas speaks out boldly. Sadly, he uh, decided to resign, but he's a former White House coronavirus advisor. He said, we know the lockdowns don't work. They do not eliminate the virus. We see it all over the world. We have 80% of the people wearing masks and all those restrictions everywhere, and they don't do any good. We can see that blatantly now. He's spot on right. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Well, my mom smokes and my dad smokes, and I saw them smoking, so I tried it. They're telling me not to smoke, but they smoke themselves. When it comes to smoking, are you sending mixed signals? But when you teach someone a certain way to do things, and you go back on that certain way, it sends mixed signals to the person that they're trying to teach. The parents need to be the example. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. What do you wish your parents would do to show you they love 
Montana that I would have a huge slumber party with all the girls there. Play with me more often. My mom's so busy with the board meeting. Just spend more time together as a family. Do more out-of-the-house activities. This is a tough one. My parents, they do everything they love me. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have a roof over my head. They don't need to show it to me. I just know they love me. Well, not yelling at me very much. What do you wish? What do you wish? Raise my allowance. To not argue together. Um, have my dad be home more for dinner and stuff so that it could be even closer. Family, isn't it about time? Buy me an ice cream and kiss me to love me. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Okay, what's the next question? All right, ladies and gentlemen, the next question is, do you wish we could just have the truth told to the media? Liberty Roundtable Live comes to the rescue, ladies and gentlemen. Dr. Scott Atlas, former White House coronavirus advisor, said blatantly, publicly this, we know the lockdowns don't work. They do not eliminate the virus. We see it all over the world. We have 80% of people in the United States wearing masks. We have all these various levels of, quote, restrictions and lockdowns on businesses, on in-person schools, everywhere, and the virus is not eliminated or stopped by that at all. In fact, it's debatable if it's even slowed down by that. Uh, Now listen to this. In the Lancet, Lancet Magazine, or whatever you want to say, Lancet Journal, July 21st, 2020. We read, government actions, such as border closures, full lockdowns, and a high rate of COVID-19 testing were not associated with statistically significant reductions in the number of critical cases or overall mortality in other words even the lancet says it doesn't work scott atlas says it doesn't work but they continue to peddle the porn the lie that you know what all you got to do is put your mask on and you'll save everybody's lives all you got to do is stay at home all you got to do is shut your business all you gotta all you gotta all you gotta it's a lie and now anthony fauci doubling down here's what he now says ready the uk strain could be worse than we thought Yeah, British officials, virus variant may be deadlier. A coronavirus first detected in the UK may be about 30 more percent deadly than previous forms of the disease. And British scientists have already confirmed that it's 30 to 70 percent, what, more spreadable than previous versions. It spreads faster. It may be associated with with a higher degree of mortality. Folks, they are gearing this thing up. They're not slowing down one bit. They've seen that the American people will cave. Uh, it was probably an experiment at first, Lowell, saying, you know, let's try this and see what kind of pushback we got. And everybody just flat out rolled over and embraced it. I mean, people are just giddy, frothing at the mouth to lock down and to wear, you know, masks and to shun each other and to, Social distance, which is so far from social as you could possibly imagine. And, and 
and man, their experiment, they were shocked, I'm sure, of how well it really went for them, lol. I mean, it is amazing. You still there, lol? All right. All right. I'll, I'll see if I can get lol back here. Uh, I'll try to work, work on that. I don't know what's going on, but the Lancet, really, in my opinion, breaking this down in a meaningful, shocking, meaningful way. Uh, I don't really know what to think of it, but I'm telling you, um, these mainstream magazines are literally blatantly saying, hey, you know what? It's not working. What we're going through, what we're dealing with, what we're uh, handling is not working. And uh, so there you have it. And all of a sudden, my phone lines disappeared and everything else, man. Right when we talk about this critical topic, all my phone lines go away. Isn't that fascinating? And I'll have to try to see if I can get Lowell Nelson back. Lowell Nelson, Campaign for Liberty, doing a phenomenal job as he always does. You know, things work great on the radio when all the technology works well because I can talk and I can do all these things all by myself. But boy, when the technology goes down or has a problem, it's about to, uh, impossible to recover uh, on my own. It's just, I don't know. How do the phone lines just magically go down? Anyway, I'll have to work on trying to reset those, I guess. But I'll tell you what, in the Lancet, they're literally saying that, hey, you know what? All this lockdowns and math, it, none of this stuff works. Dr. Scott Atlas saying it. Fossey's saying it's going to get much, much, much worse. Look, we're almost a year into this coronavirus shutdown. Can society take it, folks? Right? Uh, in fact, there's an interesting article um, called Trading Today for Maybe Tomorrow. A very interesting column Interesting column that Lowell Nelson at CampaignForLiberty.org passed to me to review. Uh, and it basically is, is from, um, I can't remember what it's called, like Robots is the guy's nickname or whatever. And, and he's basically saying, look, you take these elderly people hit the hardest by the coronavirus, right? And these poor people, man, it's just shocking. These poor people are literally trading today for tomorrow. See, if I tell you that you're going to have eternity, everybody laughs and goes, uh-huh, whatever, you know. But what they want you to do is they want you to believe if you're an elderly person, let's say that you're 70 years old. They want you to believe that every day you lock down now, you're going to have a, a, a better day to come if you're just patient. And what you don't want to do is get the coronavirus and get sick or die. Uh, so you got to lock down and trade your days now for days that you might get back later. And the longer this goes on, the less likely that will be for, say, a 70-year-old. Let's say that this coronavirus takes five years to work itself out or three years or whatever the number be. You're going to trade your last three years or five years of decent health or whatever you want to say, um, and you're not going to get it back. And you know what? Also, you what? Don't die. Let's say you do die. You might die, you know, several years early. Uh, but at least you've uh, been able to spend time with loved ones and everything else. And what we're doing is trading today for maybe tomorrow. Uh, because you know what? We don't know what will happen. How long will this go? If they keep this like the war on terror or the war on uh, whatever, or the, you know, these wars last forever. 20 years down the road, anybody that's 50 and above will have lost the rest of their lives.
if I lose from 50 to 70 and then all of a sudden we can come out of the COVID and I've got how many years after 70 do I have? And how many healthy years, even if I live to 80, how well am I going to be uh, when it comes to travel or to, to see uh, loved ones and to, you know, I've lost some significant years of my life. How long is this going to last? I don't know, but we're a year into it. And now they say, hey, you know what? This is gearing up the, the more virulent strain uh, and the more deadly strain is coming. Right? What do you think of that? It's coming. And that is shocking, right? That is scary stuff. Uh, great column, though, to kind of break it down and give us a handle on that. I don't know really what to think about that kind of a statement, except for he's right as rain. And the reason I say I don't know what to think about it is it's just it's 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 kind of overwhelming, isn't it? It's overwhelming in its, in its gravity. Trading today for maybe tomorrow. Very, very uh, introspective column. A reflective column. And we lost Lowell. I do have my phone lines back, but Lowell's gone. It's so close to the end of the hour. I'd love to get him back. Don't see how I can. Um, Anyway, what a sad tale. Uh, But great, great details, Lowell. Lowell also talked about an incredible column from John Rappaport. And John Rappaport's column says this, lockdown extremism, an obsession for the insane and the fascists. And he really breaks this down in meaningful ways, folks, that I find really quite, I don't know what word to use, quite valuable. He's right. And we have become lockdown extremists. We have become uh, obsessed with it. It's scary, folks. We have come obsessed with this idea that if we just lock down another day, that man, all's going to be well. But then another day is how long? I mean, in the beginning, they said, hey, all we need is what, a week or two? You know, 10 days, two weeks lockdown. We'll be through this thing. We'll get a handle on it. And now we're almost a year later and they're gearing up. They're not slowing down. They're gearing up. In fact, Joe Biden just by executive order, by I don't know what you want to call it, unprecedented godlike edicts. He just basically said, hey, you know what? If you don't want to go to work because you're scared of the cocoa, then don't go to work. We'll still give you a check. Don't worry. And I look at that and I go, man, how many people legitimately are scared of the virus or how many will take advantage of that so they don't have to work? I mean, this is just insanity uh, on steroids. I mean, it is shocking. But that's what Joe Biden just did. And, um, you know, this extremism, this lockdown extremism stuff has got to stop. I mean, the fascists love it. The insane love it. But it seems like a lot of people are just giddy about it. Now, I don't mind a little bit of social distancing and I don't mind staying home a lot more and having simpler lives and, you know, businesses not being open as much for the most part. I don't I don't mind a lot of that. I don't think it makes a lot of sense, but I don't mind a lot of that. But they're getting to the point where, look, what do they say now? 30% of small businesses have flat out shut down. I mean, that is huge. I mean, imagine that 30% of small businesses are gone. This is going to remake America into the favor of the big, huge 
corporations, small business, most of them will never recover, ladies and gentlemen. Most of them will never recover. All right, elected officials have largely fallen short of protecting small businesses nationwide due to the pandemic. It's a huge article that I saw in the Daily Caller that's breaking this down. Uh, And I'm not really expecting elected officials to save your businesses under normal circumstances. But um, now they've continued to impose devastating restrictions, right? They have created devastating restrictions, folks. And that's kind of the problem is that I don't really need government to save business. But when they restrict, 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 then they've beyond fallen short of protecting the small business. They've destroyed small business. In 2020, according to Harvard University's economic tracker, right, they have stronger allegiance with other groups like labor. Right? The Chamber of Commerce Vice President of Small Business that all businesses are largely reliant. Anyway, major corporations have thrived as small businesses have crumbled under the weight of pandemic restrictions, folks. Think about that. Major corporations have thrived while small businesses have crumbled under the weight of pandemic restrictions. Wow. Between January 1, 2020 and December 31st, 2020, listen up, about 30% of U.S. small business closed. While small business revenue decreased by 31%. The numbers are shocking, folks. Just shocking. All right, thanks for being alongside for the ride. Sorry we lost little Nelson. We'll get him back on Friday. Thanks for your patience. Don't know why the phone lines are having trouble. Maybe it was intentional. Don't know. All right, God save the republic. Lovingliberty.net. Spread the word, please. Atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use, no doubt, continues now. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the broadcast for January the 25th in the year of our Lord 2021. This is our two of two. And the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Wow, ladies and gentlemen, we are doing a, a, an article right before the end of the hour that I want to highlight and get Dr. Scott Bradley. I want to get his comments on this. Listen carefully to what I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen. Lockdown extremism, an obsession for the insane And the fascists, writes John Rappaport. Amen to that reality. But listen to these details. Elected officials have largely 
fallen short of protecting small business nationwide throughout the pandemic, ladies and gentlemen. Even as they have continued to impose incredible restrictions. So we're not really saying that government's job is to protect business. But the problem is government has been the, what, one to commit the assault against small business? Major corporations have thrived, but small business have crumbled under the weight of government-created pandemic restrictions. Believe it or not, between January 1st, 2020 and January 31st, 2020, 30% of the small businesses have flat out shut down and closed. 31% revenue down. Those numbers are shocking. Dr. Bradley, welcome, sir. Well, thank you very much with all of that bad news. I guess we'll just kind of jump right in. <laughs> it is indeed. Uh, but, but think it, about those numbers, though, sir. No, no. It's and it's not be. even about to end either. No, we're in fact, it's probably just the beginning of the curve, even though we're probably, and I, again, every time I bring this up, I, I chastise myself for having not actually gone back and counted exactly how many weeks, but I would venture to guess we're probably 43 weeks into two weeks to flatten the curve, and the spike, based upon their measurement tool, continues ever upward because what they're doing is a false measurement, this uh, testing program that would indicate that only people that wear masks get the disease because they're the only ones going and getting tested. But the fact of the matter is uh, nothing that has been done, no shutdowns, lockdowns, no mask wearing, no social distancing, no hand sanitizing, no contact tracing uh, that has been issued by draconian leaders has had the slightest effect on this thing. And in countries where that has not been done, they have not lost their economy. They have continued kids in school and everything else like that. They have continued their economic uh, progress. But here in the United States, there are, um, I, I guess we can only call them uh, closet tyrants that are running things and, and they're not so closeted anymore so 30 percent of the businesses have literally failed and gone out of business 31 percent drop in revenue that's according to the economic tracker now listen to this conversely between april and september 45 out of the 50 most valuable public corporations have profited so this is a an intentional takeout of small business, Dr. Bradley. It is, and it's in violation of Article 1, Section 10, Clause 1 of the United States Constitution. No state shall pass any law impairing the obligation of contracts. The states have, and of course, and there was no power granted, no delegation of power or authority in the United States Constitution for the national, the general government to engage in any sort of thing, anything. In fact, the the Tenth Amendment said specifically, if we didn't give you the power, you ain't got the power. I mean, a little more elegantly than that. But the fact of the matter is the states cannot do it, and neither can the, the uh, general government. And so these are, these are constitutional violations. These are happening because of the ignorance, apathy, and com uh, it's a complicit attitude that has evolved in the American public. And, and we are crushing this nation, of course, again, this is this is Marxist in its origins. This is not Americanist in it at all, at all. 
the general welfare that they speak of has to do with with this uh, predictability and stability that the uh, that uh, was supposed to happen under the Constitution, with no economic um, wrenches being thrown in there by by government or anyone else, without foreign and invasion without domestic violence, all those kind of things, they've been set aside. And the people that are running this program are doing it, I believe, with full purpose of heart that um, that is destroying this nation. And what comes out of this? It will be a new order of things that will allow these communist, socialist, fascist pigs and they all are the same. They they are all of the same flavor. I mean, well, they're not exactly the same flavor. They're a, they're all socialist. Communism is a certain kind of socialism. Fascism is a certain kind of socialism. Um, you know, any of these kinds of things are basically poison to not only personal liberty and and uh, the ability to have the nation as it was designed, but also economic. Uh, you know, you, you look at how they're controlling all of this. It is absolutely a tragic travesty. And, and nobody seems to even ever talk about how this is a violation of everything Americanist. We, we say, oh, it's bad, or oh, it shouldn't happen. Oh, no, they're violating the baseline law of the land, if you will, that they took an oath to uphold. I don't care if you're a governor or a senator or a congressman or a president. You take an oath to uphold the United States Constitution, and in your state, you do your state too. And our state, in, in the home state of Utah, has uh, probably one of the most draconian ones with the sneakiest undertone on it that I've seen of any of them. I mean, Newsom in California at least stands up there and, and uh, you know, proclaims his lordship and monarchy as the uh, knows all, ends all, bees all. In our state, uh, our governor. Uh, delegates unconstitutionally authority to uh, state health departments and county health departments to go out, create law, and shut down business. But nonetheless, they're giving themselves cover so they can be the smiley, happy face with the silk gloves and the, you know, the whitened smile. But yet, the, it is viciously being done from the highest levels of our government. So, yeah, it, this there's I can't think of very many good guys in this whole program that's been going on for the last as we say, I don't know, 43 weeks. So, and it's going to get worse before it gets better. It's just beginning. The mandates that um, Biden is putting out in his first 100 days, his idea of vaccinating 100 million people and of mask mandates, and his, his, uh, if you're going to go in a park anymore, you got to wear a mask. Holy Hannah, that's great. You know, you're out in the great outdoors, and they, <laughs> oh, what buffoonery we have. They're like the Paris Commune after the Franco uh, Franco uh, German War, where they they were a bunch of idiots that could not, they did not know how to govern, and they sought to govern by this, you know, basically shoehorning and and strong arming uh, their form of governance. But nobody that sits at the head of the government anymore seems to have their head screwed on at all in any of these things. But other than that, it's not too bad, as our well, there you go. Kurt used to say. And, and I will say this. Here's what's interesting. My business hasn't suffered because the clients that I have uh, haven't uh, melted down over this yet. But, you know, I run a business called Small Business Tech Guys, and my specific target is small business to help them with their IT, to help them with their HR, to provide strategic consulting and guidance for these companies, etc. cetera. Uh, but now that, you know, uh, what, 30% of them are gone, 
and it's going to be 50% of them and 60 and who knows what the number will be before we're through, it's going to start impacting my business because, hey, there's a lot less businesses I can even consider going after. And, well, the, and the ones people, that need the most help and guidance and support from people like me are the ones that are going first. Well, that, that's the thing. And maybe you haven't been as impacted at this point because people that use you are desperately looking for unique solutions that are that are have never been used before to be able to do their business. So they look to technology. But as they get to the point where they've been constrained, so there is no cash flow. I mean, you know, they may continue to have those, you know, onerous burdens put on them. But they can't afford to pay a guy like you to help them get out of it because they've been they've been strangled. Their blood supply of, of cash flow has been destroyed. So it's going to be bad for you at some point. I mean, it's like I talked to a physician here a while back, and I asked him how things were going, and, they, you know, everything was dead. Oh, he says, people are always going to get sick. I says, yeah, but can they always pay you? He'd never thought of that before. I mean, you know, here's some of these people in these opulent houses that someday may be faced with a deal of course, they'll look first to the government, to the government to make sure that, oh, we're still providing services and, and I'm going to get a government check out of it. But at some point, the economy will collapse because of the uh, inability to sustain these uh, deficit spendings. And, of course, we're, we're on a drunken roll at this point. But So they'll lose even their government uh, subsidies to do that. And at that point, you even have to ask some of these people that think they got it snookered, um, well, they may get sick, but can they can they pay you? That's what's going to happen all over the economy. So it's a tragic thing, and and it's there's a it doesn't have to happen. It never should have happened, but we were scared into it, and that's what I'm really well. Concerned and, I, and I'll about tell you my big worry: it's one thing to get scared into it in the first place. It's one thing to say let's temporarily let this happen. It's another thing though to capitulate. I mean, look, I don't know if you've heard the latest from Fauci. But Fauci now says the U.K. strain could be much worse than thought. British officials virus variant now may be much more deadly. It's 40 to 70 percent greater likelihood that it spreads and 30 percent more deadly than the earlier one. All right. Let's talk about something like that when we get back. It right. is just idiocy to think it's not changing. So they're gearing up, ladies and gentlemen. They're not slowing down or, you know, this one to... You know what, 10 days, two weeks, let's, you know, get ahead of the curve kind of thing. A year later, they're gearing up, ladies and gentlemen. I reinstated a policy first put in place by President Ronald Reagan, the Mexico City policy. I strongly supported the House of Representatives' pain-capable bill which would end painful late-term abortions nationwide. And I call upon the Senate to pass this important law and send it to my desk for signing. We are protecting the sanctity of life and the family as the foundation of our society. And most importantly of all, it is the gift of life itself. That is why we march that is why we pray, and that is why we declare that America's future will be filled with goodness, peace, joy, dignity, and life for every child of God. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? 
Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Ladies and gentlemen, the doctor's in the house with the constitutional remedies. I'll tell you that now. Dr. Scott Bradley with me. To Preserve the Nation, his collegiate series available now. His website, freedomsrisingsun.com. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you right now, Dr. Scott Atlas, former White House coronavirus expert, says, hey, these lockdowns around the world just don't work. The more they lock us down, the more they destroy our businesses, the more they force us to wear masks. The more they force untested, unproven vaccines on us, we see everywhere that it doesn't work. In fact, it's worse. We have greater spreading and greater death than we had at the start. Even in the Lancet Journal, July 21st, 2020, ladies and gentlemen, we read government actions such as you know border closures, complete lockdowns. They don't work. There's no evidence that it works. Even the Lancet says this. Now Fauci says the UK strain could be worse. All right, we're trading today for maybe tomorrow. Dr. Bradley. Well, you know, it's interesting to me, and, and again, um, I'm not a physician, but um, I think in many ways I probably have more credibility than a physician, not because I've done anything more than study this thing in my own Well, and then you tell the truth, that's saying so. a lot. Well, that's true. Uh, we seek the truth and <laughs> pursue it steadily, but, the fa- you know, the fact of the matter is, but you, you, let's just take something most people are familiar with is the, the flu shot, the, the flu, the seasonal flu thing that happens. And, uh, and every year they tell us you've got to get your shot because we've predicted that it's going to change this way and you're going to be exposed to a slightly different variant of the flu, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And on the best of years, I would say that the flu shot may. Now, this, in my opinion, it's not as, as good as even this, and I'll tell you if you're interested why. But they say maybe a 40, 50, 60 percent uh, assistance in, in uh, avoiding the problem. And they also um, blatantly admit it, even in the older populations, it doesn't even work. They say the only reason it works is because the younger populations don't spread it as much uh, because of it. And, I mean, they even admit that kind of stuff. Well, that, that's a theory. The fact of the matter is that um, I, I, would, I would suggest that we ought to look at the idea that perhaps uh, uh, 40, 50, 60 percent of us won't get it at all because of our natural immunity, and it has nothing whatsoever to do with a flu shot. But on a bad year, when they have a really bad flu epidemic, so speed, or at least a, a variant, yeah, they don't even have a 10 percent uh, success ratio with the thing. So, so what's happening, we're finding, is that there's uh, variants that happen. There, It changes over time. It makes adjustments to, you know, uh, because of the way... Back, or vi- uh, viruses are. 
But so would we ever have expected whatever they're calling this thing and whatever it actually is, is never going to change. It's a static uh, virus that will never vary in any way, shape, or form. And, oh, my goodness, we've got so, oh, no, 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 it's happened. We've got one out there, you know. Well, so the thing is that this is a moving target. At least that's the way they're, they've always told us about it, that these viruses are kind of a moving target. And, and people would have expected this. And so they can play this fear factor thing constantly and unequivocally. But here's the deal. We have an immune system. And if they're allowed to just develop normally and naturally, these kinds of things will occur without intervention of governments. Government do not have a godly power. And, and when, we, when we attempt to, well, I don't even know as they're, as they're making an attempt to even adjust to it, but they, they're going to try and keep the fear going. But so here's one. Let me just tell you another little spin on this thing. The mRNA methodology theory that they're using on these current vaccines they're sending out is a process that has never been tried on humans before. And when they did this, and this was decades ago that they discovered this, when they used this kind of approach and they did animal testing on them, they found that the animals, oh, man, they, oh, look at this. They, they've got a, a, a kind of a, uh, a response that indicates they're, they're getting these antibodies, and, oh, my goodness, this is a good thing. But when the animals were later, were later exposed to wild virus, the wild virus just metastasized almost exponentially, instantly, and it killed all 100% of the animals that were in the test. Now, what happens if this human mRNA approach that we're doing with this vaccine, and what happens if we have a variant, a wild variant that shows up? Uh, then, your body, then your body will consider it an enemy. Your body will create a cyanic storm, and it'll kill you. And that's the problem is that are we setting up a binary weapon, if you will, something that you do the first... Okay, think of it as epoxy glue. Most of your listeners have probably put those two-part epoxy glues together, and when they put them together, they, they really have this, you know, they really harden up. The glue does. You know, you got the one goo and the other goo, and, and separately they're they're kind of malleable, and they you can work with them. But you put them together, and in a short period of time, it has a, a, a reaction that ends up being... You don't move it again. Well, now, what if that kind of, you set up the first, you know, uh, kind of goo, if you will, in your life with this vaccine, and another one comes along and mixes with it, and suddenly it's immovable and immobile, and, and you've, do, you've done, un, you know, damage to yourself that, uh, you know, they say, oh, well, you only have a few reactions with people. Well, well if it happens to you, it's 100%. What happens if it's death? What happens if it's paralysis? What well, and they say only uh, these reactions, but this is very short term. This is experimental on the We've whole population of the world. We've never been down this path, my friend. I mean, well, except for the, the, the animal experimentation that we did some time ago with this mRNA approach. It ended up with, with wild viruses that they're exposed to ultimately that ended up killing the animals. Okay. Now, what if they get this set up and, and we've got, I don't know, let's see in America, Biden does 100 million people in his first 100 days. What happens if this new variant comes along and it, it reacts with this um, existing technology approach? What happens? I mean, we talk about mass deaths, possibly. I'm not 
I'm not saying it has to happen. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying it could happen if the historical perspective was carried out. And that's so people that are receiving these things and they're lining up in California. Cars are, of course, they they have to put them on hold occasionally because they have the whole spate of of uh, uh, of things that are saying, "Oh my goodness, what happened here? Oh man, we got a bad reaction. Oh holy cow, it's a whole bunch of them all in a row." And so they shut it down or whatever for a while. But but literally, I have watched where cars have been lined up through stadiums to try and come through and get their shots. And and maybe for, let's say, 90% of them, there's no reaction. What if you get 10%? If you do 100 million people, that's 10 million people that could have had an adverse reaction. Well, and, they, and they say we got to mask and shut down and lock down and do all these things because, golly, they don't want to overwhelm the hospitals. And what about the threat of overwhelming the hospitals with an untested, unproven experimental vaccines rolled out so quickly? That could be a hospital nightmare like you have never seen before. Now, believe it or not, they're also creating super spreader events to fuel this thing, in my opinion. So while they're locking you and I down and you and I can't travel and everything else and you got to wear masks and everything else, here's the latest headline. Hundreds of National Guard members in D.C. have now tested positive for the COVID virus. So they brought hundreds of thousands of, of these troops there, National Guard or whatever. They put them all together. They made them sleep on the floor out in the garage. And then they all got sick, and got the cocoa and went home to spread it to their neighbors and their friends and their schools and their everywhere. They are creating super spreader events. You say to me, Sam, that's not true. Oh, yeah? Well, how come then Joe Biden, ladies and gentlemen, defies his own executive order mandating masks on federal property? Turns out that Biden and his family did not wear masks when they visited the Lincoln Memorial. His press secretary said, Hey, you know what? We're just celebrating here. And, well, now it just kind of shows that that does not apply to the political elite, Dr. Bradley. I mean, this is what we're dealing with here. Well, everything is upside down and backwards. Uh, there is nothing that makes any logical, reasonable, uh, intelligent. It doesn't pass the smell test. Nothing that is happening passes that. And, and it, it is the height of insanity to continue to do something that has no good beneficial outcome and expect a different outcome. I mean, that, that's kind of the definition, a, a kind of a you know, picture book definition of, of insanity. And, and again, the spike continues to go exponentially upward. And again, I think the only people that are really testing positive are those that wear masks. How many people do you know that don't wear masks, that run down at every opportunity, and, and get this uh, this facade of a test that's only being allowed because of an emergency order that was never designed to um, basically diagnose the way they're using it to diagnose. I mean, it just, everything is operating at warp speed because of a declaration of government. We're saying we've got, a, we've got an emergency. And We're every time you take a open. test, they load you into a database, ladies and gentlemen. They, indeed, they do. Every time you people... take a vaccine, they uh, go ahead and throw you into the database. Pretty soon, all they got to say is, who's not in the databases? Well, we got other databases to compare that to to make sure we know who's not, right? Driver's license, Social Security card, it goes on and on, baby. Exposing corruption, informing citizens, pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. You 
USA Radio News with Lance Pry. 17 executive orders later, House Minority Leader Representative Kevin McCarthy, Republican from California, is giving President Biden low marks after his first week in office, arguing only America's adversaries are benefiting from his executive orders. It's Russia, China, our adversaries who are benefiting, not the American people, he said of Biden's executive orders. China continues to force its will on Taiwan, this time Taiwan airspace, on Sunday by flying 15 fighter jets between mainland Taiwan and the Pratis Islands in the South China Sea. Mexican President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador announced Sunday evening that he's tested positive for COVID-19. Obrador tweeted that he has mild symptoms and is receiving medical treatment. The NFL Super Bowl teams have been determined. The Kansas City Chiefs versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be played February 7th on CBS. Thanks for listening. This is USA Radio News. Balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. I've been taking vitamins off and on my whole adult life, and I've never seen any change. Not like this, not since I've been on Balance of Nature. I used to take prescription medication for uh, muscle aches and stuff. I don't take that anymore. I wish I'd have started it back when I first heard about it on the radio. And if I can give Balance of Nature any advice, keep it out on the radio because I still hear these commercials from time to time, and I'm thinking, you know, you people need to listen up. I mean, I'm over 50, and, you know, your body starts wearing down. But Balance of Nature has literally changed my life. It really has. Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code USA. With virtually no opposition, we have a new Department of Defense leader. USA Radio News John Clemens reports. The 67-year-old Lloyd Austin was granted a waiver that stated to serve as a Pentagon chief. That person would have had to have been out of the military for seven years. The four-star Army general spent over 40 years in uniform, retiring in 2016. He easily passed the vote in the Senate. The yeas are 93, the nays are 2, and the nomination is confirmed. With that vote, Austin, who once served as U.S. Central Command leader, becomes the first black chief at the Pentagon. Austin also promised to recuse himself from any decision involving Raytheon Technologies, where he was serving on the Defense Contractors Board of Directors. From the USA Radio News Texas Bureau, I'm John Clemens. The Defense Secretary oversees the Defense Department and acts as the principal defense policymaker and advisor. This is USA Radio News. All right, Sam Bushman live with Dr. Scott Bradley, freedomsrisingsun.com, his website. Yeah, so I guess uh, Joe Biden, you know, he doesn't need to wear masks, although he uh, ordered that every other one of us do, but him and his family did not when they visited the Lincoln Memorial. So disingenuous, uh, to say the least, more and more and more of that. Uh, But when you have these super spreader events like Joe Biden going around, like hundreds of National Guard members getting the COVID now, they're literally fueling what they say they want to stop. If their claims are true about you got to mask up and da 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 da, the bottom line is they know it's not true. That's why they don't care and they don't live by what they mandate for the rest of us. But believe it or not, now more than 50 wineries and restaurants in Nampa and Sonoma County, California, are suing Governor Gavin Newsom, arguing that their constitutional rights have been violated. 
because of his ban on indoor dining. You can't have in-person dining. I guess they want to dine outdoors, but it's in-person dining or whatever, and, and uh, the governor won't let them, so now 50-plus are suing the governor there, Dr. Bradley. Well, we've, we've already talked about this, you know, about the Article 1, Section 10, Clause 1. The states can't interfere with this. There is no constitutional authority for them to do so. And again, we could get off on a tangent maybe with this a little bit, but those that believe the Tenth Amendment gives the state authority to do anything they darn well please, except for what's prohibited, like Article 1, Section 10, Clause 1, well, of course, they're not abiding by that either. But the states are also under the, the directive, if you will, of the Declaration of Independence that says that the purpose of government is to secure God-given rights. And the consent of the governed is absolutely essential to do that. We gave our consent as a people, as a nation, when the constitutions were ratified, whether it's your, your national one or it's your state one. We said we will be governed by these principles, with these limits and bounds, by those that hold office or are entrusted to carry out these things. We don't give our consent every time we have an election. No, we don't. Basically, we've said we're, this is how we're going to be governed. And, and those that hold office take an oath to hold that, and they will not violate those limits and bounds. And so what happens now is we believe, that, the way we're acting anyway, that we have monarchs. We believe that whether it's a president or a governor or a senator or a congressman or a mayor comes into office, they, they suddenly have inherited these monarchical powers where they may declare, well, they call them mandates now, unconstitutional, not created by a legislative body. And if they were created by a legislative body and they were doing what Newsom was saying they should do, they violate the baseline principle of limits and bounds and checks and balances the, the people gave their consent to be governed by. This whole thing, because the ignorance of the people, the apathy of the people, the fear of the people, is allowing this thing to metastasize into a cancer that will literally, it's intended, to destroy this nation. And I, it's, it's just tragic that we don't have a little better handle on what the basis of our liberty is. I, uh, it, it just shocks me. Newsom and all these other guys, you look at how they do things, they're not bound by their mandates. Well, I made it, I can, you know, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. That's kind of their attitude. And uh, and, and so we, the people, need to, to wake up and say, no, 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 we're not going to allow this. And and it kind of, it's it's being pushed along where they, they want pushback, it seems to me like, because then they'll be able to big, bring the bigger hammer on people's head. This is kind of a death spiral in a way, and we, we need to stop it sooner than later. All right, so um, all I can tell you is that this is by design. I hate to be difficult. I, you know, I know people are saying, Sam, you don't have proof. And my response was is hundreds of National Guardsmen in D.C. get the cocoa, and they're forced to sleep out on the garage floor. And then you've got Joe defying his own order, just like all these other politicians have done. And you would think Joe would know better, but he doesn't care. Now more than 50 wineries and restaurants are suing the governor in California. They're literally trying to overturn and recall the governor as well. Well, I don't know if you know, but this weekend on Friday, I will be broadcasting live from a lady's restaurant in Minnesota. And her restaurant is called Haven's Garden, and the government's trying to shut her down. 
She's a black lady named Larvita uh, McFarkler. And she's refusing to close. And they've already, they took away her license, then they gave it back. Now the state's overruling the county. They're trying to shut her down and arrest her. And me and Richard Mack are going. I'm going to broadcast live from her restaurant. We're going to try to speak to the sheriff and some public officials and educate them about what they can do to stop this tyranny. Uh, But this is out of control. And we just talked about 30% of small businesses going under, already gone. And this is just getting started. They're just ramping it up. They're doing this on purpose. All right. And if you don't believe me, Listen to this headline, and then we'll let you roll, Doctor. But this headline, All right, that's what, you know. this headline caps this off. Listen to this. This is a Swedish manufacturer in France has been accused of treating their employees like dogs. The company is now asking the workers to wear these necklaces, these collars, that will go off and flash lights and make sounds and everything else when people are less than six feet apart. Yeah, I kid you not. And this is coming to a business near you. It emits a high decimal sound uh, and flashes lights if employees get too close to each other. And eventually it will, um, you know, alert bosses. All right. This is what they're gunning for, folks. Complete monitoring of us all. Dr. Bradley. Well, you know, you look at how they're doing the public education system. They're breeding little uh, automatons, basically, that are going to respond to whatever directive they've given, been you know, by whatever their authority is, and there's going to be somebody that's going to tell you how to walk, keeping your distance, whatever. I'd, I'd wrap that little thing. I'd either cut it off if it's somehow put on your eye. I would wrap it in tin foil. I don't know what you got to do to cut the signal, but here's what I was going to say as we were talking about. This is being done on purpose. Thomas Jefferson very eloquently and powerfully. And, you know, with with an eloquence that Americans don't use very much anymore, and this was back during the era when when America was was making its way to full independence. He said, single acts of tyranny may be ascribed to the accidental opinion of a day, but a series of oppressions begun at a distinguished period and pursued unalterably through every change of ministers— to plainly prove a deliberate, systematical plan of reducing us to slavery. And that's exactly what's happening. We, we have something that it, it, it wasn't, you know, maybe yeah, it could have been a bad decision at this point, but a series of oppressions began at a distinguished period, and we can come right down to the day, and pursued unalterably through every change of ministers. This, is, this happens whether they've just been elected or they've been in office for a while. They continue to do it. It's deliberate, systematical plan of reducing us to slavery. This is what America is at right now with those that we have put in power that have no authority to govern because they have violated the very oath that allows them to hold office and, and it is a tragic travesty that we have allowed to happen because we've become so ignorant, so apathetic, and we've become complicit. People are waiting for the next check. I don't know, where is that thing? What's wrong with that? How come it's not here yet, you know? And they throw a bone occasionally, and uh, suddenly everybody says, oh, I can buy groceries this week. What happens when the time comes when the grocery stores are shut down or out of groceries? You know, that's, uh, it, it's, we're moving in that direction. And, and the socioeconomic impact of what they're doing that has had zero value in terms of preventing the deaths that they said were going to happen. We are having more deaths now, I will predict, 
through all of the other socioeconomic impacts, whether it's suicides, whether it's starvation, all across the world, people are in dire straits. And these buffoons that are running the business, and I conclude those at the, higher, the highest levels of this nation in that. I mean, you know, they wear white shirts and ties and suits, and they, they drive in limousines and all that kind of stuff. They look, they're very cosmopolitan. They look like, you know, these are people that are put together. They're not. They're not qualified to cross the street alone. I wouldn't trust them to watch my goldfish if I had one. They couldn't take care of a house plant. And we've got these people in the highest levels of power, if you will, which shouldn't be power because, I mean, they shouldn't even be there, but the power that they're exercising is not a power that was included in the office that they hold. I mean, it's, it's just astounding, and Americans are just rolling over on this thing. They're lining up to get the shot. This, maybe it's a binary weapon that'll at some point with a wild virus will just... And, and by the way, uh, I worry, you know, you talk about the, the uh, mass uh, programs that are underway to spread this disease. You know, I wonder sometimes exactly what's going to happen when our military gets the vaccine. I wonder if it will bring about a very dramatic weakening of our forces. And, and I think back about uh, 1976 when Gerald Ford foisted that vaccine on us, 47 million people vaccinated and more people died from the vaccine than they did from the disease. I well, know. sadly, our history is rich with vaccination snafus, with dishonest bureaucrats uh, experimenting on the people, and so on, and so on. All right, ladies and gentlemen, hang tight. Liberty Roundtable Live. Scott Bradley here. Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. Even worse... Many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. And the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation the freest, most prosperous, happiest, and most respected nation on earth. Visit to preservethenation.com and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. 
right, Dr. Bradley with me, ladies and gentlemen. So I don't know where to go with this. The problem is, the more we talk like this, the more uh, Americans dismiss us and say, you know what, you guys are the deranged Trump supporters uh, that need to be deprogrammed. Doctor, you're the constitutionalists that need to be deprogrammed. You uh, just think there's a boogeyman behind every bush, and you... uh, you know, just want to, you know, go back to the slave days of the founders and you, uh, you know, this kind of stuff. And, man, we're in a scary world. They've about educated the people or indoctrinated the people to turn against everything holy, everything good. And they're doing it willingly with glee, sir. You know, I'll just tell a little brief story, and I, maybe it's more than anybody needs to hear. But, uh, I mean, um, these re-education camp concepts have not been beyond the scope of what's been done down through history, and particularly in the 20th century, in the 21st century. But uh, personal experience, um, uh, a friend of mine, a Vietnamese guy that uh, um, I knew very well, uh, he escaped out of Saigon. If it wasn't the last plane, it was probably the second to the last plane with his wife and two little girls. At any rate, his brother had been killed at Hue, you know, 1968, Tet Offensive. And... Uh, Anyway, uh, this friend of mine came to the States and uh, started a new life here. And he tried corresponding with his family, his brothers and sisters, extended family in Southeast Asia for a long period of time. And all he got was was uh, whipped cream and fluff. Everything was great. It was wonderful. It was good and all this kind of stuff. And and uh, his family had collaborated with the, uh, you know, the previous regimes and the Americans and so they were on the outside looking in, in a way, And but he never did get any bad feedback. And finally, you know, his, one of his sister's letters got through, and the letter said, our brother, this is the brother that died at Tet in 1968, our brother is in such a wonderful situation. He is doing so well, and we are all so happy for him. You know, she named his, the brother's name. Anyway, and, and so my friend uh, knew from that, that it was worse than hell what they were going through in their re-education camps because if you're envying the dead, you know how bad it was. But they had got this through the communist censors that were, that were uh, hey, here's some good news they're saying. Yeah, we can pass this on. It looks like things are good here. Yeah. But no, they went through the education camps and they were re, re-taught. Uh, there's a little book I, I uh, for years, since 1963, when I came across it, I have been haunted by it. I want everybody to be haunted by it. It's uh, by James Clavell. It's the children's story. and uh, No, a children's story. And anyway, I used to send it with my Christmas cards. It's small enough. I used to put it on my Christmas card list. I wanted everybody to read it. It takes 20 minutes to read, and it, the nation is taken over by foreign power that re-educates. This happens in a second-grade class. And in 20 minutes, the teacher, the new teacher, resets the values, attitudes, and beliefs of these little second graders. But everybody, according to their level of understanding and their age and everything else like that, is being re-educated under the new masters, if you will. Well, we weren't captured by a foreign power, not yet anyway. But yet that kind of thing is happening right now. You ought to get the book, James Clavell, look it up. I mean, I'm a great salesman for it. And I used to buy it by just a stack in the case to get this out to people because people need to realize that when those that are in power seek a way to stop your belief system, it's done insidiously. And with these little kids, in the 20 minutes in the classroom, after the new teacher got there, 
They had unseated their their ties to their family, to their country, to uh, their belief system in God, and and it was just diabolical. Uh, again, it's fiction. James Clavell and the story behind it is longer than you got time to hear. But the fact of the matter is, this is what is happening in our public education system right now. It's happening in the so-called university systems, where the higher learning occurs with the high priests of, of secular humanism. Funded it's by our tax our dollars right now. No question. The whole thing, right. like I say... Let me oh, give you a light-minded cow. example that will highlight this. Megan McCain. She believes Biden's administration could possibly find a cure for cancer in the next four years, doctor. Oh, well, I'll bet you. I'll bet you. I mean, you know, I know it's a movie. Uh, what was that movie? Uh, Will Smith was in Legend, I think yeah. it was. They were they found a cure for cancer, by golly, and look what it turned out to. They zombieized everybody. Now, you know, you say, oh, wow, it's just a, a crazy sci-fi thing. But you know what? If, in fact, and we have seen reactions to this current vaccine, that, you know what, let's say it only happens 1% of the time. I mean, to these people, it's a 100%. I mean, if they get some uh, disease that paralyzes them or it destroys their minds or that you end up, you know, so you're autistic or or catatonic in some manner or you're paralyzed or, or you're dead, and if it's a 1% kind of thing, when when the natural process that God gave us in the system that he created for us could be working okay. But again, I, I keep thinking only the people who wear masks are getting the disease, because they're the only ones going down and getting tested. And some people run down, it seems like, at a whim. And they go, oh my goodness, I've got a sniffle, I've got a sneeze, I've got a, a fever, I've got a... Oh, I'm sure it's the cocoa, get... I better isolate. They, you know what? People, historically, for all mortality, well, maybe not right at, during Adam and Eve's time, but afterwards, they got sick. People get sick. Nobody gets sick from anything anymore except for COVID. I mean, it's like, uh, I mean, that I, I saw a thing the other day. It was really kind of funny. It said, yeah, COVID is a killer. It's killed pneumonia. It's killed the flu. It's killed the common cold. I mean, because none of those things are even out there anymore. The only thing that's out there is this dread disease that everybody is. It's a designer disease that everybody feels like they get to get their moment in, you know, their 15 minutes of fame once they get it. And virtually everybody that gets it, virtually everybody, I mean, even if you're older, 99.7% recovery, if you're somebody that's healthy and doesn't have any underlying health programs, it's probably way over 99.9% recovery, and, and yet we're living in fear, destroying our economy, putting our kids and our families in depression. We're, we're getting in a condition where we are desperate. And, and we could go through the Federalist Papers, if you wanted to at some point, and read what Hamilton talked about, controlling a man's means of production is control of the man. And if you do that... If you have shut people down, they're desperate, they're waiting for the next government bailout check, suddenly you can get them to do almost anything. If you take away their, their ability to provide for their family, they become desperate. And, and who would not try to, you know, provide for you know, their little kids if they've got little kids crying at home that they can't find food or they don't have warmth or whatever? And, and oh, yeah, give me the shot so I can go back to work. Uh, in one of my daughter's churches yesterday, she told us 
one of the leaders got up and said, get that vaccine. We must end this now. It was, it, it was a directive. It wasn't just a suggestion. And, and people are, are saying, wow, we're going to die if we don't get this. We've got to get this, man. And, yeah, you may die if you get it. I don't know. You may get sick. You may have all sorts of underlying problems that develop because of it. I don't know what's going to come from it. But people at this point are saying we must end what's happening to us. And that was the directive in uh, one of my kids' churches that they were at yesterday. And it's like, really? Really? Are we sure that this is the best solution? seems like we're violating all of God's uh, baseline solutions already. And, and we're rushing to the, like, sheep to the be sheared or lambs to the slaughter or whatever uh, scriptural kind of imagery you want to throw out there. It's just astonishing to me. Well, I'll <sighs> tell you this. Gas prices are going up. Average U.S. price of gas up 10 cents a gallon to $2.45 on the average. Uh, just happened. Don't worry. It's down from last year. It's all good. Everything is starting to create this, in my opinion, perfect storm. Uh, costs are going up, jobs are being lost, businesses are shut down, lockdowns are about to get worse, mandated masks on transportation and everywhere. Uh, we're just, all this is going to culminate. And if they're not very careful, this spin down won't be able to spin back up, doctor. You know, uh, we've talked about this a little before, but during the four-year Trump administration, the national debt, the admitted national debt, which is really just a tip of the iceberg, went up almost $8 trillion, almost. Okay, so so you talk about gas going up. Well, the, the natural thing of that, you get more dollars chasing a given amount of commodity. I mean, that's, what the, that's the definition of inflation. It's government-created uh, price expansion. I mean, that's where, that's where you get these kinds of things. And so where you have, and you'll have less goods at some point because, you know, there's not as many goods being produced. And so you've got the, the pumped-up uh, dollars that are out there for all of these phony baloney bailouts, and and they're chasing less goods and services, and, and pretty soon you start seeing a spiral upwards. And, and if they do, ultimately, finally, and I don't know how far down the road this is, when we go to a basket of currencies as the, uh, you know, the international standard, you know, we'll put China in there, we'll put uh, the uh, euro in there, we'll put, you know, the U.S. dollar in there. And ultimately, it'll be shifted to something else. And the true value of the dollar that's being inflated for the last many decades will suddenly start to appear. The only reason we haven't seen mass hysteria in dollar inflation is because of uh, the phony baloney stopgap they put in there with the petrodollars thing, where they'd only trade uh, oil for dollars, and that gave the dollar kind of a, a hinge point that they could hang on to. But if it goes to some other currency, you'll see the true value of the dollar that's that's been debauched over the last many decades suddenly come to the surface, and, and it ain't going to be pretty. So, yeah, we're setting up a perfect storm. I like that. No, I don't like that description, but but it's an accurate description that you've given, I think, that's being set up, and, and the buffoonery of the leadership. And, oh, yeah, you talk about the oil price going up. You saw what's been happening with the uh, Keystone Pipeline, and I've been reading um, uh, reports from energy sources, you know, the energy industries and stuff like that. Nobody's going to put out another pipeline. Nobody's going to do it. It's not going to happen. 
And and the idea of, uh, you know, being energy independent, forget it, baby. I mean, the idea of America being standing on its own, forget it. I mean, whether it's coal or natural gas or, or oil, uh, the current mentality of the buffoons that are running this country is such that uh, energy independence, it, it ain't going to happen in the near term by the way they're doing things. So, you know, just uh, transport, you know, oh, wait a minute. The definition of socialism is government ownership or control of the means of production or distribution. So pipelines got to be shut down. You got to shut down their ability to get into the get whatever natural resource you're looking at. Holy cow! This is this is a perfect storm. Ladies and gentlemen, we trust in God Almighty. Just because we see it to be very negative, that does not mean. We're giving up or we think that it's the end of the world or that it's doomsday. We do think the people need to stand for liberty. We do think the people need to turn to their God. There's no doubt about that. There are solutions. We talk about them every day on this radio program. We are not full of uh, negativity, but this is what we're seeing on the horizon. And the answer is for us to turn to God, family, and country. Those are the answers. I know some would say, Sam, that's too simple. And my response is, historically, it works. God save the Republic of the United States of America. <laughs>